ELC Radio. God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. <laughs> I'll be home for the holidays. I was thinking I'd stay away. To see a smiling face. I can't wait. Baby, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, to see you. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27. And we're talking about a series right now called Home for the Holidays, because I believe during the holidays, holidays should be a time of making memories with our loved ones. How many can say amen to that? Now, think about many of us have some amazing memories of Christmases uh, growing up, maybe with all your cousins, all your uh, uh, family, your theas and theos, your aunts and uncles and everybody getting around, eating some good food, having some tamales, amen, some menudo, some pozole, having some ham, some turkey, whatever it is you eat during the holidays. Good memories. But you also know some of us, our memories aren't as great. Maybe those holidays were always the time when one of your theos drank too much and then started saying things he shouldn't have said. Come on, somebody. Don't just look at me. Amen. You know it's true. Or maybe there were holidays represented a sad time where you had to split Christmases and, and you didn't get to all be together. Listen, whatever it means, your, the life that you have from here on out is the life you're going to build. That might have been your Christmas pass. But from this point forward, you have an incredible opportunity to turn those, those times into good times starting now. And that is my prayer for you because we can't go back and change the past. And for some of those memories, none of us asked to be born in a, in a family full of alcoholics. None of us asked to be born to a mother who had an anger problem or was just trying to do her best where she was at. None of us had a choice in that. But from here on out, as an adult, guess what? You got a choice. You got a choice. You're not a victim to your past. Somebody say amen to that. You're not a slave to the past. You don't have to repeat the past. You can learn from the past. And we can make sure that we build strong homes for the holidays. In order to do that, we always need to go to the word of God. And, and build our life on that. Why? Because this is what Jesus says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Look at your neighbor right now and say, don't be a fool. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the power of the word. Lord, I'm not just a guy here speaking on a mic, sharing my thoughts, but it's the very word of God that I'm communicating. And I pray that everybody's hearts would be open to what you would have to say to their situation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So this is the text that we're talking about today. Jesus is making it real clear, you've got a decision to make. Are you gonna build your life, that's what the house is representing, your life, 
You're going to build your life on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, or are you going to build it on something else, which could be your culture, could be your traditions, could be uh, uh, your relationships or the way you feel or the way you see things. Well, Jesus makes something clear. It's going to rain. Storms will come. This we know for sure. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And you know what's interesting about this scripture? It doesn't say if you build your house on the rock, you'll never go through anything. Life will just be a bowl of cherries. It doesn't say that. It says, hey, build your life on the rock because I can't assure you that you're never going to go through something. Come on, Christians. We need to know, hey, it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on all of us. But here's the thing. When you build your life, your marriage, your business, whatever you're doing on Jesus, you'll be able to stand the rain. You'll be able to answer Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike when they ask you, can you stand the rain? You'll be able to say, yes, I could stand the rain. (laughs) Praise God. Sorry, that always works its way into my message. But listen, that's what we're talking about here. So here's what Jesus says. A wise man builds his house on the rock. A fool hears the words, but doesn't put them into practice. And this is the problem we have in America today. We got a lot of churchgoers, but they're not taking the time to take what they get in church and implement it into their life. And so the divorce rate in many churches is just as high as it is in the world. Our kids in church are just as crazy as the kids in the world. And that shouldn't be if we implement the words of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we've been talking about here. So go ahead and look at Isaiah 32, verse 17 through 18. It says this, the fruit of the righteous will be peace. Its effects will be, listen to this, quietness and confidence forever. And my people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes in undisturbed places of rest. If you don't have that scripture highlighted in your Bible, you need to highlight it. You need to underline it. If you like tattoos, go get that put somewhere on you. Write that because that is a promise. If we live for Jesus, if we build our lives on his word, we can have homes that are secure and peaceful. Now, for some of us, That's like describing a unicorn because the house that you were raised in was far from peaceful. It was far from secure. You didn't know if mom was coming home. You didn't know if dad was going to come back after that argument. You didn't know what was the day going to be like. You know, it was this unsecure, unsettled, no peace. It doesn't have to be like that for us. Can I get a good strong amen? Now, you may not care about this, but I guarantee you, your children do. Your children need it. Amen? And the way the the Bible works, the way this Christian thing works, is when God speaks something, it's a promise. But the, the, the receiving of the promise is on us. Will you believe it? Will you hold to it? When you're going through the storm, will you believe his word? And I believe our places, our houses, and our celebrations for Christmas this year can be free of unnecessary drama. Let me show you another scripture in Isaiah 28, 16. It says this. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. What he's saying here is this stone is Jesus Christ, and he's a tested stone. He is a stone that if you build on him, he will stand. It says there, if you rely on him, you won't be stricken with panic. What I, always, what I, what I see that is a promise towards is people who suffer from anxiety, people who suffer from panic attacks. Listen, you don't need to live that way. If you begin to live out your life on Jesus's word, submit to what God's word says and how he tells us to live, those things can leave your life. Can I get a good strong amen on that? The Bible works when you work it. Proverbs 24, three through four says this, by wisdom, a house is built and through understanding it is established. 
Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And this is what we're talking about in this series. Building a house through understanding and establishing it through what we learn in the word of God and making sure that it's rooms of the house that we build, the life that we build is filled with rare and beautiful treasures. This is what we're talking about here. So last week, just a quick review, we talked about how to build a home on a sure foundation. Number, the first thing you got to do, number one, you got to destroy the old foundation. This is where we lose people because many times we're chained to our past and we don't even know it. We've got to be willing when you follow Jesus, you know, you got to be willing to put everything else, count it, as Paul said, count it as dung. So that's what the apostle Paul says. Another word for dung is poop. Another word for dung, well, I'm going to stop right there. Amen. I see where y'all are taking me, but I'm not going to go there. Amen. But, but basically he says this, everything before Christ, it's crap in comparison to living for Jesus. But see, we could say amen to that. But then when we're challenged, when we come to a crossroad of life, are you going to obey his word or are you going to make choices that continue to perpetuate the situation in the life you're in? That's where we lose people because they're not willing to destroy their traditions. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When you came to Christ, maybe you were raised Catholic or maybe you were raised in a traditional religious church. And then you came and you found Jesus. And you start reading the Bible. See, the Bible's a dangerous book. Because when you read that book, you start finding out, wait a minute. I've been doing things all my life that I don't need to be doing. I could come straight to the throne of grace in Jesus' name. I don't have to go to a priest and have him forgive my sins. Come on, somebody. I don't have to pray to the Virgin Mary And say, Virgin Mary, please pray for me because the Bible says that I have access through faith in Jesus Christ. Bible's a dangerous book. But how many of you know there's some people that can't leave their traditions and build a new life on Jesus Christ? But it's not only religious traditions, it's it's family traditions. It's some of you, as I said earlier, the tradition of your family is on Christmas Eve. Everybody gets together. We get a keg and all the men get drunk. That's their tradition. And so here you show up on Christmas Eve. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't act like that ain't your family. Some of you scared right now, like, dang, pastor been, pastor been watching me. So now the tradition time comes and you show up on Christmas Eve and everybody's getting their their swerve on and they're doing their little dance and they're playing oldies. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm getting real up in here now. (laughs) And it's time. Hear me. Take a beer. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, these are the things that sometimes when we're not building our life on Jesus Christ, we give in and we stay in the traditions of men. But the Bible tells us this. You're going to build a life. On Jesus Christ, you got to destroy those old traditions. That means this. There's a new way to raise your kids when you come into Christ. The new way is you love them the way Jesus loved loves you. Traditions of men say this. We don't cry, mijo, in this house. We don't show love. Many of us were raised by men like that. Then you read the Bible, and you see a different father in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit says, that's your example now. Now you're faced with a decision. You got to throw out how you was raised and follow the book and see what will happen. You'll build a stronger life. But people got to destroy those old foundations, old foundations of tradition, old foundations of culture. Listen, there's things in all of our cultures that are not of God. I just described one of them. In, in Latino culture, many times the men don't show love. They don't show affection. That's a cultural thing. But you know what? My first culture, when I got saved now, I exchanged the culture of earth for the culture of heaven. The people I were raised around are no longer my examples. God and Jesus and that book is my example. So I may not have had certain things growing up, but you know what? When I look into his book, I build my life not on my past, not on traditions, not on my culture, build it on his word so that my kids can experience a father that tells them, I love you. 
my kids can experience things that maybe, you know, I, I didn't get when I was a kid. And it's, it's not because my parents didn't love me. Listen, my parents loved me. But they'll, they'll tell you themselves. There were things that they weren't privy to. They didn't get. And me and my dad have had some wonderful conversations about that. And I'm like, I get it, Dad. Don't worry. But this is why I preach this, because none of us have to be tied to our past. We can go from a place and build our lives that is free from tradition and culture. I had a great uh, time. Uh, um, I always have a great time with the Lowe's. And, and the Lowe's is a family here of, of, of Mongs from the Mong community and things. And I love getting around them and, and the Vangs and stuff. I love to learn. Sarah will tell you all the time. I'm always asking questions. I'm like, why y'all do that? What is this? You know? And, it's, and I just want to know because I love everybody. I love the nations. And, and, and uh, we went to a, a funeral. Uh, Lex's mom passed away, and, and uh, there were things that, that the, in their culture that they do that Lex had some questions. That, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a believer now. I don't, is any of this right? What, what, how should I approach this? And I recognized he was at a crossroads of going, man, I want to live for Jesus, but this is all I've known. Was in Malaysia, and I, I tell you about this all the time. I go into these Muslims, country, these Muslim countries, where when they give their life to Jesus, it's basically them rejecting everything they've known. They lose their families, they get shunned by their families, and they have to make a decision: I'm going to build this life on Jesus Christ. There's things we all have to get over in our culture, in our traditions. Listen, and don't think you're free just because you're American, because our American culture is very anti-God. It's very anti-God. This is why 80% of kids that are raised in church go to college and stop serving God. Because they go to universities where they tell them, hey, you came from monkeys. There's no God. Science is king. There's, there, there's, there's no, there's, God didn't create this thing in seven, in seven uh, days. Wake up. You're in the dark ages. The way God did this is the Big Bang. Here's the ticker, though. They don't have proof for what they believe either. But yet they shove that down our throats in America today. The media doesn't report the whole news. They put, report a side that is void of God and morals. So don't just think, well, you know, because we're American, yeah, we're, we got it all together. There are always things culturally that we're going to have to reject. There's things in hip-hop culture. Oh, come on, somebody. How can you serve God and listen to booty music? Man, fellas, how can you listen to music that degrades women and you got a daughter? Yeah, but you know, that Travis Scott boy, he, I, I just like, I, I like what he's putting down though, Pastor. It's just a beat. It's just a beat. Okay. But at some point, you're going to have to reach a road where you go, you know what? I'm not down with that. I'm going to build my life on the rock, not my traditions, not how I was raised, not my culture. Oh, come on. This is better than you're letting on. Amen. Can I get an amen up here? So what are some other foundations? Many families are built on riches and success. Some of our ancestors came here simply so you could be rich and successful. And that's cool. That's a great desire. Believe me, I want my three to be rich and successful. But we don't build on that. We build on Jesus. Amen? We build on Christ. We, other, other families are built on pride. Pride. Do you know what pride is? Pride is a substitute uh, that you have to put in your life when you don't have the real thing. The proudest people are the most jacked up people, the most broken people. Because when you don't have nothing, you got to build a false sense of pride. Some of the most humble people I've met on the face of the earth have been people with wealth and people with substance in their lives. And some of the proudest people, you drove by some of them today, homeless people. You ever, I've had conversations where I've tried to minister to some homeless people. Hey, we, we can get you in a house. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Pride is not have a, it's not poor, it's not rich, it's a condition of the heart. And it's actually a symptom of, of, of brokenness. If you don't get healed right, you put pride out. Somebody that wasn't raised in a home with a mom and dad, all of a sudden they build a false sense of pride. This is what we do with cultures. Come on, racism is ugly, amen? Racism is a terrible thing, amen? 
But sometimes we exalt our own race above everybody else. So you got white supremacists, and everybody hates them. Oh, that's terrible, these white people. But how come you over here talking about la raza? Got real quiet up in here. Because you know what la raza means? The race. Superior, eh? We all got it. African-Americans, the black pride and all that. Listen, be proud, but listen, we got to learn to love everybody. You go to Japan, you know what, you know what in, in, in Japan, you know what they have the kids recite in, in, their, in their schools as they're coming up from kindergarten on up? They say this mantra about their country, kind of like we do our uh, Pledge of Allegiance. But in their mantra, they, 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 they refer to their race as the master race. Why do we do these things? It comes from a place of hurt comes from a place of insecurity. But when you know who you are, you ain't got to mess with that stuff. You can love everybody. Come on, somebody, love every. Tell your neighbor, love everybody. So we build on pride. The last thing we build here, what's got to be destroyed is hedonism. Hedonism. What is hedonism? If it feels good, it must be right. No fool. Uh-uh. That is no way to live. There's a lot of things that feel good that ain't right. Ask a drug addict. Ask an addict. They'll tell you, boy, when I'm using that drug, it feels so good. But when you come down, you know it ain't right. Ask somebody who slept around and woke up and had to do the walk of shame the next day. Ooh, the act of the sex was good, but waking up next to that creature in the morning. (laughs) And then getting real close to God for two weeks because you don't know if you contracted something. And going to the doctor's office, come on, Kumo D, go see the doctor. <laughs> and they'll tell you, they'll tell you, listen, it, was, it felt good, but I shouldn't have did it. How many of us have found ourselves in situations because we, we lived by that hedonistic idea that if it feels good, it must be right? No, no. There's a lot of things that are going to feel good, young people, that ain't right. And the best way to not have to deal with that thing is to never do it. It's to never do it. Well, I just want to try it. I just, I, I just, I just want to see for myself. I, I, I had someone tell me one time, you know, Pastor, I'm just somebody. I, I just got to learn the hard way. <laughs> Translation, I'm just real dumb, Pastor. Because, listen, you could stick your finger in a light socket to find out if it hurts, or you can just believe me when I tell you that it does. <laughs> you could believe your mom when she tells you, Mijo, don't touch the stove, or you could crank that joker up, put your hand right on there, and then go, yeah, yeah, she was right. She was right. <laughs> Young people, you, you have to deal with that at some point. But we cannot build our lives on that kind of thinking, all right? The second thing we got to do to build a home on a sure foundation is we got to pursue the wisdom of God. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says it, by wisdom a house is built, through understanding it is established, through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. You got to go after it. And we say this every time, and one of the things I'm excited about in our new church building will be our bookstore. We're going to have a dope bookstore. It's going to have some great materials in there so you can learn some stuff about how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to be a good mom and dad, how to be a good Christian, how to be a good business person, all these things, because there's three things that, that God uses many times to change your life. It's the books you read, the messages you hear, and the people you meet. Those are the three things. Those are the three things you should be pursuing, books, people, and messages, okay? That's what's going to change your life. Experiences have been, are, are good. Experiences can add. But many times people can experience something and not change. And not change. I've prayed for so many people here on an altar crying because they were going to court on Monday morning. And some of those same people, God got them off their case. And guess what? They ain't, they stay in church. They was like, dodged another one. Let's go out back to the trap. Let's go die. You know, call me. I'm a cat with nine lives, and they just forget what God did. 
Listen, there's people that have been healed in this church of cancer. They ain't serving God today. And I know them. I know I reckon, hey, whoa, what happened there? Because an experience doesn't always get it done. Look at Israel saw God part the Red Sea. They saw the plagues, frogs, flies. They saw Egypt go through hell while nothing happened to them. Yet when they got in the wilderness, they still chose to serve a golden calf. It ain't about experiences. It's about revelation. It's about revelation. Books you read, messages you hear, people you meet. So you got to get around the people of God. So there's two kinds of Christians. There's Christians that when they come to church, they become a part of the church. They get involved. They get connected. They serve. They, they, they get into discipleship group. They do these things. And then there's the other type of Christian that just goes to church and they don't talk to nobody. Listen, you're really robbing yourself from the experience God wants you to have. For real. I, 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 that's the only way I can tell you. Because there's probably somebody in this church. So you, you think the only thing God can use to change your life is my words. Or me or my family or the, oh, the, the pastors. But guys, the things God will use to change your life are the people around you. Treasure doesn't always come in a shiny package. It doesn't. Treasure, the Bible says, is found in a field. It's got weeds around it. You might be sitting next to a field right now. Just, just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. Their lawn ain't been cut in a while. Come on. Moscow's flying around. But inside of them, inside of them is a treasure. It's a treasure. And inside of them could be something you need. Could be the reason that God brought you to this church, to get you around some of these folks that got treasure in them. So we've got to be open. Books we read, messages we hear, people we meet, get around the people of God. And the third thing you got to do to build a sure foundation, uh, to build your home as a sure foundation, is you got to uh, do the hard stuff. Tell your neighbor, do the hard stuff. Do the hard stuff. Now, the Bible says this. The Bible says that there was a time when Jesus had thousands following him. Thousands. And he's handing out free chicken dinners. You know, two-piece meals. You know, he's, he's making feasts out of a, a few loaves and fishes. People are coming for the healings. He's got this large, large ministry. Then one day he just gets a, he gets a revelation of this. None of these people are following me for me. So he preaches one of the hardest messages known to man. He says this, y'all, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to eat my flesh, drink my blood. And people said, what? You are off. We ain't, we ain't into cannibalism. That day he lost, the Bible says this, everyone. And he looked at his front row staff of 12 guys. And he wasn't like, oh, thank God you guys didn't leave. Praise God you're with me. You know, at least I got some. You know what he said to them? Y'all want to leave too? Because I don't need none of y'all. If you don't get this one point, that serving me, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Now, that day, he lost thousands because they weren't willing to stick around and figure out what does he mean. All they heard was the hard stuff, and they weren't willing to do it. And every Sunday, I get up here, and there's somebody that is faced with a hard decision. Sometimes they face it, they look it in the face, and they'll come up to the altar after service. They'll give their lives to Jesus. But others, they sit there and they hear the hard thing and they say, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And guess what? Every time you choose not to do the hard stuff, you don't progress. We got members here that have been in the same place for three, four, five years, six years, because whenever they come up to their breakthrough and it's time to do the hard stuff, they don't do it. So here's what I learned at 19 years old. If you're going to follow, follow Jesus, learn to do the hard stuff. Because the hard stuff has the greatest reward. Has the greatest reward. Serving God about three months before I was faced with an incredibly hard decision for a 19-year-old kid. For a 19-year-old kid, this is my world. Looking back, I'm like, that was peanuts. There's literally three times in my life where God asked me for everything. Three times. The first time, I didn't have nothing, so that was easy. 
That was real easy. No problem, God. I'll move off to, I'll move off to San Jose. I ain't got nothing. I'll leave everything. God was like, you ain't got nothing, but I'm still leaving it. <laughs> Second time I was in Modesto, pastoring a church, ministry started, had a nice apartment I was renting, furniture I bought, everything was good. God says, go to Florida. Took it to prayer, gave my church to somebody else, gave all my furniture away, and loaded up an 86 Cougar and drove it across country. Third time, it's a lot harder because we uh, had got a, we built our own home in Florida. We moved into a gated community. <laughs> Kids were in private school, had a good paycheck coming in, had my own church. Everything was great. And then God starts visiting us and saying, I need you in Sacramento. I'll never forget the day I walk. We were getting ready to come. We've already made the decision, talked to our pastors, got the blessing. i never forget walking in my garage and seeing my wife on the floor after we gave away our couch. It was the last item that we were giving away. And I saw her there crying. Whew. Never forget that. But there have been three times when God has confronted us with hard things. And can I tell you on this side of it, I am so glad that I learned how to do the hard stuff. At 19 years old, the hard stuff was, hey, you know, if you're going to follow me, you got to get rid of this girlfriend that doesn't want to serve Jesus. I'd been with a girl for two years, and it was not a godly relationship. And anytime I mentioned the Lord, she was like, yeah, okay, I'll go to church with you. And she pulled me down at times, and she wasn't a bad person. She just didn't know God. She wouldn't go in the same direction that I was. But as a 19-year-old boy, my soul was all tied into her, and I thought this would be the girl that I would marry, and da-da-da. And now Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to follow me, I got a one-way ticket, and I only got one seat. Well, Lord, I'll put her on my lap. Holy Spirit's like, I see what you're doing there. That's exactly why she can't come. <laughs> 19 years old, I had to make a decision. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, and this one's going to hurt. And it hurt me for a little while. But right after I did that, within a year and a half of that decision, somebody gave me a church. 22 years old, I pastored my first church. 22 years old, y'all. I don't know what happened to those people I was pastoring at 22 years old. But God did some amazing things for me when I did the hard stuff. I'll never forget, uh, I was going on a mission trip. I'd only been married about a year, not even a year. I think it was six months or so I was married. And an opportunity opened up for me to go on a trip. I think I was going to El Salvador at the time. It was a, actually, it was back-to-back -back trips. I was going to go to El Salvador and Puerto Rico within like a month span. I just got married. And so, you know, raising up your missions money, many of you know, that's one thing when you're single. It's a whole other thing when somebody else has to weigh in on it. So I remember praying, and it was a struggle. Man, we were both working at the time, and it was a struggle. And I, and I heard this in prayer. I heard the Lord say, I want you to give your entire check this week in the offering. He said, and if you do, you'll never have to worry about money to go to the nations ever again. I said, I rebuke you, devil. You get behind me. Shonda Lobo, you just want my money, Satan. I know how you are. No. I went out of the prayer room, and here's what I was concerned about. Man, I got to go talk to my wife about this. How am I just going to give away my whole check, my two-week check? How are we going to make it? So I went in. I said, babe, you know, I need to talk to you. You know, I've been praying for this missions money, and this is what I feel like the Lord said. If I give this, this check in the offering on Sunday, he's going to make sure that I never have to worry about money to go to the nations ever again. This is why you got to marry somebody that loves Jesus. This is why you got to marry and be somebody that builds their life on the word. And we have this thing. If she comes to me and says, God said, or I come to her with, I believe God said, then we both, okay, if that's what you feel God said, then we're going to do it. And it better work. <laughs> So that was a hard thing. 
Sunday, I gave that with tears in my eyes, man. Boom. I don't know how we're going to make our rent. I don't know how am I going to do this, but did you know we've made everything? God did it. And here I am almost 15 years later, numerous nations and trips later. God has always provided. Come on, give him a hand clap. But you got to do the hard stuff. You got to do the hard stuff. Every step of the way, what's it going to be? You want to get a better marriage? You got to do the hard stuff. Hard stuff for you might be paying for counseling. That's hard for men to do. Amen? Come on, man. Amen? That's hard to do. Number one, there's two things that makes going to counseling hard. Number one, we're paying for it. <laughs> that took me a while to wrap my brain around that as a man. Okay, so I come to you. I give you $75 an hour to hear me talk. I couldn't get my brain around that. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But did you know there's been times going to marriage counseling and saved my marriage? That's the best $75 an hour I spent, and it'll be for you too. Is it easy? No. It's hard. It's hard to say, Pastor, we got to speak to you. We're going through some struggles. It's humbling. It's hard for a man to ask for help because we've been raised. I don't need help. I got this. But do the hard stuff. Ask for help. Admit your faults. Admit your mistakes. Tell somebody you need some help. Ask for help. That's the hard stuff. Some of you, I don't know what the hard thing is that the Lord's asking you to do right now, but whatever it is, do it. Do it. Just get it out of the way. Go through it and stop crying about it. I know I'm sounding like your, your dad right now. I know. But sometimes we need to hear that, Mule. Do it. Do it. Because there's no way around it. There's no way around it. You're going to have to, you're going to go, oh, I'm not going to do it. And you're going to go this way. But at some point, your passage to the next level is going to lead you right back. Boom. And you're going to be in a place where you were four years ago going, dang, I should have did the hard stuff four years ago. Now I'm here and I got to do the hard stuff again. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is, but learn to do it. Because if you're going to build a house, you're going to build your life on a sure foundation, you got to destroy the old foundation, you got to pursue the wisdom of God, and then you got to do the hard stuff. Look at Philippians 4.13. This is what we do the hard stuff with. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's how you do the hard stuff. Believe his word. God, I cannot do this on my own, but through you, I can do all things. That means I can put up with the things I need to put up with. This means I can change. This means I can do whatever you ask me to do. If I need to be single for a little while, I can do that. If I can do, you know, whatever it is that God's asking you to do and you know it's hard, he gives you the strength to do it. Beautiful, beautiful thing. There's some of you... You're saying, well, I can't do it. No, it's you won't do it. Let's get the language right. Because my Bible says you can do all things. Yeah, but I can't do that. No, you won't do that. Take away the won't and empower yourself through the word. Amen? Are you guys seeing this today? So here's the thing I want to leave with you today. And that is understanding this. You've got to build your life on the law of love. I posted this week as I was talking about the service saying, hey, if you want a drama free, if you want to live a live a have a Christmas that is free of unnecessary drama, come to church today. And as I wrote that, I thought, man, I bet you there's people that think I'm just blowing smoke. Like it's a ploy. Ah, that, you know, that's impossible. He's just saying that to get people to church. No, I'm saying it because I believe it. Because Jesus said this, if you build your life on the law of love, there's a result that comes with it. Look at John chapter 13, 33 through 35 before I let you go. Let me give you the few scriptures here and I'll let you go. It says this, little children, I'll be with you a little longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, here it is, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. John 15, 11 through 13 says this, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. 
This is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no man, has no one than to lay down his life for his friends. And then he says it again in Mark 12, 29 through 31. Jesus answered him and said, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, but the second is just like it. And it's this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other great commandment. There's no other commandment greater than these. Now, what is all this about? Jesus is making it real clear. If you follow me, you've got to follow the law of love. And see, here's the thing about love, okay? We don't know what it means. We don't know love. Our world today, we don't know love. You don't know love. I'm making somebody mad in here right now. Shut up, Pastor. You don't know me. <laughs> you, you, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe I do. You don't. No, listen, listen, listen. Generally speaking, in America today, we don't understand love. We've resolved love to a feeling. A feeling. People get mar- married on their feelings. In the words of Drake, all up in your feelings. If you was in the 70s, it was feelings, nothing more than feeling. No, okay. We think love's a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. And then we say things like, well, I just fell in love. Fell in love? If you could fall in love, you can fall out of love. So again, if we're building our lives on Jesus And the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. Jesus is the word. To find out what love is, don't listen to your favorite rapper. Don't listen to your favorite slow song singer. Listen to his word. Because here's what the word says love is. Y'all ready for this? Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Check it out. Here's what the word says. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, ooh, I can prophesy, I can tell you the things of God. And I can understand the mysteries, and I'm deep in their revelation knowledge. He says this, and though I have faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love. Look at this next phrase. Paul says, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without love. Look at that. Look at what it says here. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, you feel really good because we're doing outreach. You feel really good because we're doing all these things. He says, you can go feed the poor. And though you give your body to be burned and have not love, it profits you nothing. You get nothing out of it. But look what it says. Love. Here's what love is right here. Y'all ready for this? Call your tattoo artist and get this put somewhere for you tattoo lovers out there because you need to hear this one right here. This is what love is, okay? Love suffers long. That's enough. That is enough. Mind blown. Because some of us, we ain't got no time for that. We got no suffering in us. That's why it's hard to be married to you. Because you don't want to suffer at all. So when you say, I love you to somebody, oh, you better better watch yourself. Because what you're saying is this, I'll suffer long for you. I'll suffer long for you. And I have. (laughs) I'll suffer long for you, Sarah. I'll suffer long for you. Baby, I will suffer long for you. Son, I will suffer long for you. That's what you're saying. But, but how do we love in America today? I ain't got time for that. One day it's I love you. The next day it's I'm out of here. I've had pastors say, Pastor, I love you. Thank you so much for all you do. Then I make one mistake. I have one off day. When you come up and say, hey, Pastor, how you doing? I say, mm, deuces, I'm good. And you like, 
I'm out of here. I ain't never going back to that church. Yeah, you, you don't know love. You don't know love. Because love suffers long. Are you guys tracking with me here? Now, let me just throw this out there too. This does not mean physical beatings. This is not talking physically suffering. Can I get a good strong amen from everybody in the congregation? He beats you once, you go. One time, guys, that's all you get. That's all you get. You put a hand on them, you call me up, me and Eddie and the other Eddie, we got a truck, we coming over your house. We taking your stuff, we moving you out. Because you don't beat on women. And you better, you better hope we're in the spirit that day. You better hope, you better hope, you better hope, you better hope I prayed that day. You, you darn sure better hope Eddie and Eddie prayed because we'll take the couch and we'll drop you off at the hospital too. So we're not talking about suffering physical harm. But you know that thing he does that you hate? Ooh, got real quiet in here. You know that thing he does that he just keeps doing even though you tell him not to do it? You tell him, man, man don't leave your chonies on the ground. So you took a shower, put them away. It got real quiet in here. That's a, that's a real issue. I can feel it. Why you got to put the cup there? It goes up there. You know that thing, that thing that you just can't get over? Can I give you a word today? Thus saith the Lord, get over it. Because love suffers long. That's love. That's love. We don't have love songs like that, though, do we? We don't have love songs about that, do we? Because we give people one chance. We get one chance. You love me now, but I do one thing, you out. You're out of here. You love this. Oh, I love this church. People go to the honeymoon season at church. Oh, I just love Elevate. Oh, I just feel so at home. But you come in one day and nobody talks to you. That's it. You're out. You're on the phone telling folk, these people don't love God. They don't love me. They didn't invite me to the party. I didn't get invited to the baptism. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. Suffer long, baby. Suffer long. Suffer long. Suffer long. Some of us got no suffering. That's why you're always mad at everybody. Some of y'all got a list of people you mad at. Here's, here's a test. Who you mad at right now? Think about them right now. Some of you are like, my tío, my tío Javier, my tío this, my, my, my Sancho, this over here. <laughs> you got a list. You got a list. Some of us, no, you, didn't, you, were, you was hard. It was like, I don't, I don't really have anybody right now. Praise God. You know what I'm talking about. But there's others of us, we got a list. Love suffers long. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. I could stay all night on that. You got to go home. <laughs> Love suffers long. Look at the next one. It's kind. It's kind. Why you talk to your husband like he's just not smart? I almost went to not smart. <laughs> Going to say something else. It's not politically correct. Why you treat your husband and talk to him like he's a fourth grader? Because he is. He be acting like a fourth grader. <laughs> Hard-headed. Wait, wait, wait. But love is kind. But love is kind. But love is kind, period. He may ha act like a fourth grader. He may have a big nugget for a head with no brains in it. But you married him. So who's the dumb one? <laughs> so here's what love is. Love's kind. Let's work on our attitudes, people. I don't get to just bark orders at my wife because I'm frustrated. And she don't get to do that with me. Why? Because love's kind. Love's kind. Well, that's just the way I am. Get you some love. Get you some love and we can change all the ne neck snapping. Change, cast that neck snapping spirit out of you. Right? Guys, you, do you want to hear the truth? This is, this is what love is. Love does not envy. 
Love, love's not jealous. Love ain't on Instagram going, whatever. Just keep going. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely at Target, <laughs> at work, at church. Are you, are you guys seeing what I'm talking about? And it ain't rude to the kids. It ain't rude to your spouse. This is what love is. Love doesn't seek its own. Love's not provoked. Here's a great one. Love thinks no evil. Where was you at? Ah, oh, baby, I had to stop by the store. Well, for an hour? I just went in. It was long lines. Yeah, long lines. She had long lines, huh? I know where you were at. I know where you were at. It thinks no evil. It thinks no evil. Do you love people in church? Believe what they tell you. Oh, man, we forgot to, we forgot to call you. Okay, you forgot. Leave it there. But here's what we do. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to call me. You didn't forget to call them. <laughs> you just don't like me. See what we did there? We believed evil. We thought evil. Anybody ever just forgot something? Right? Happens all the time, right? Your wife tells you something, you forget. It don't mean you don't love her. But that's what you take it as. You don't ever do it. You don't love me, baby. I'm just messed up in the head. I keep forgetting. No, you don't love me. Love thinks no evil. Are you guys seeing how much love we need that we don't have? Because you say you love your family, you say you love your spouse, you say you love your church. Then this is what love looks like. Let's keep going. No, you're like, Pastor, no, we could stop right there. We could stop. We could, we could really stop. Love does not rejoice in sin. Turn on TMZ when you get home. Turn on the news. What makes the biggest news when people do dumb stuff? We love to see people mess up. What did Kanye say this week? Ooh, Kanye, he, he crazy, he crazy. Look what he said about Drake. And we just love that. Oh, what did Donald Trump say? Oh, Donald Trump, he over here, he, he doing this. And we love that. Listen, we love gossip. We love gossip. But love does not love that. It doesn't rejoice in sin. Why do we want to know everybody's, everybody's junk? Well, hey, I noticed they weren't sitting together on Sunday. Is something going on? Go ask so-and-so if something's going on. Ooh, here's a good one. Ooh, uh, Pastor Cheeto and Norma aren't in the church no more. Ooh, what happened? What did they do? <laughs> Quit thinking evil. What's the matter with you? Love folks. Ooh, that was close to home. Some of y'all got convicted right there. But I know my church. I know my church. See, there's a bend to always want to see evil. And when we don't see evil, we'll make it up. Oh, I know they did something. I know they did something. Something must have went on. Love don't do that. Look at, look at what else. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yeah, you better get you some love. Tell your neighbor, get you some love, please. Let me leave you with this right here. How do we get this kind of love? How do we get this? Did you realize on that list is nothing about emotions or feelings? Nothing, not a darn thing. You know what that means? You could love somebody and not feel a darn thing towards them, but you committed to them. You committed to them. So this thing of, well, when we got married, I was in love with him, but I fell out of love. I'm not, I don't love him no more. <laughs> don't make no sense, because that's not love. Love is always a choice. It's always a choice. Feelings are cool, man. Feelings are cool. Don't get me wrong. Feelings are really, really, it's cool to have feelings towards somebody. But I don't live towards my feelings towards them. Because there are some days... My wife don't feel like loving me. I, don't, I know, crazy, right? I know, I know, it's crazy. But she don't feel like loving me, but she got to love me. And I got to love her. 
So let me, let me leave you with this last thing here. Psalms 119, 165 says this. Great peace have they which love thy law. This is in the King James Version. It says this. And nothing shall offend them. The only place you could get this kind of love is from Jesus. This is why young person, single person, you are crazy to put a ring on from somebody that don't serve Jesus. But he fine. But he got money. He got a nice car. He don't beat me. Ain't no reason. Fellas, don't you dare marry somebody that don't serve Jesus because Jesus is love. You don't know Jesus, you don't know love. I don't care how fine they are. I don't care how rich they are. Look what it says here. Great peace have they which love thy law. Another translation of that says love your word. When I put his word in me, it causes me to love others. Go to the next scripture right there. Look what this one says in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. For he who does not love doesn't know God. For God is love. Not the love you knew walking in here, the feeling, the love in 1 Corinthians 13. That's the love we got to have for one another. That's it. Love each other like that. So when your buddy does something that just makes you mad, get over it. When your wife, she, you've been telling her, you got to change, you got to change. She ain't changing. Love endures all things. Amen. Go to the next scripture there. 1 John 4, 16 says this, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. Oh, and here it is right here, people. You got to see this. Religious people, church people, I'm talking to you today. If you've been saved longer than a year, this is straight for you because we get so comfortable with stuff. We think we're all good. Nah, this is for us. Say, this is for us. Look what it says. For God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Do you know what that means? The bar is that I love people like Jesus loves me. That's the bar. That means this. You don't get to be offended with people. You don't get to gossip about people. You don't get to talk bad about people. Yeah, but pastor, they did this. No, 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 no. Love endures. Love suffers long. Love forgives. Jesus said, love like I love you. Can I ask you something? Has Jesus ever forgiven you? Every doggone day. Come on. Every day. You know how many days, times a day we blow it with just a thought? Jesus said, if you even have a thought to lust after a woman, you've committed adultery. Oh, we in trouble. Just a thought. Jesus said, you, mur you can murder people just by having imp wrong thoughts about them. Some of us got more, more stripes than Charles Manson up in this place. Because there's people we hate. But Jesus forgives us and he blesses us and he loves us. So how do I stay out of unnecessary drama during the holidays? You love people. Love that Thea that's going to come up to you and say, Mijo, you gained weight this week. Love her. You ain't got to come back with, oh, well, look at you and your three chins. Don't do it. 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 Just love them. Just love them. And endure it. I don't even want to see them. No, 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 no. Love endures all things. Just endure it. And do it with the, the love of Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, I can't. Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So they're going to try to bring drama your way. I hear you're going to church now, giving all your money away. You know, that, that, that. And I heard this. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. You're going to walk by the table and they slapping dominoes. They playing cards. 
And you know what always goes on while they're in the garage doing that? The tias are at the table. Did you hear about so-and-so? She's a marinero. She's over there with the sailors. She's over there doing this. She's over there gossiping. Guess what you get to do? Stay out of it. Guess what you get to do? Love everybody. Mija, what happened? Don't worry about it, Tia. It's all good. Can you guys see this? Stand on our feet. Because this got to be a holiday, and this got to be a life where we learn to love each other. Did y'all get something out of that? Come on, give God a good praise clap. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.